30 days after the Florida Panthers were eliminated by the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers have finally named their head coach. On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we will be bringing in former hosts of Locked On Panthers, Frank Rikas, to discuss the new hiring of head coach Paul Maurice to the Florida Panthers. We're going to talk about what this means next for Andrew Burnett, and we're going to talk a little bit of Stanley Cup final, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Thursday, June 23rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, we got some news. Like I said at the top of the show, I'm sure if you don't if if you live on happen to live under a rock and don't check your phone or don't watch any news related to the NHL on TV or any podcast or on Twitter, the Florida Panthers have hired their the a, a head coach and they have decided to name former Winnipeg Jets head coach Paul Maurice as their guy. Uh, who we also discussed earlier in the week has also coached the Hartford Whalers slash Carolina Hurricanes and has made three conference final appearances, one Stanley Cup final appearance, and spoke about his resume on Monday's show, started warming up to the idea of possibly bringing him here on Wednesday's show when we spoke with Jacob Winans yesterday uh, for Winans Wednesday, and we kind of manifested this. The, the Panthers have hired Paul Maurice as their head coach and the reactions around the Twitterverse at least are very negative uh, about this hire for the Florida Panthers. But with the Panthers falling short of expectations last year and taking this long, the due diligence when it comes to a head coaching search, revaluing everything, making all your phone calls, uh, getting to know the character of said said coaches with all the candidates that they have they felt that paul maurice was the best guy for the job and let me actually bring in my guest on the show uh it's a familiar voice that you guys all know it it is uh frank Rikas, a a former host of locked on panthers frank welcome back to the show hey armando good to be here and hello everybody that's listening uh i think this is going to be a fun show Absolutely. Let's get right into it when it comes to the Panthers um, hiring Paul Maurice as the coach. Of course, the it's not the sexiest hire when it comes to the Panthers and their head coaching search. All of us wanted uh, all of us wanted Barry Trotz to be that guy as the head coach. But I, like I said on Monday's show, I started putting that possibility to bed of Barry Trotz coming to Florida really ever since Friday after multiple reports have said of connecting Barry Trotz elsewhere. Of course, he is going to inter- 
interview for the Winnipeg Jets job, and it seems that that's going to be his likely destination or in a front office role with the Nashville Predators. So it's looking like one of those two possibilities. So that was all. I was already shutting the door on that one. But as far as the available candidates of the not including Andrew Burnett, it seems that Paul Maurice was looking like the the most experienced option, and a, a majority of this fan base they said. We want a guy with experience to coach this staff, this this the, the this club, and here we are. This is what they got. This, they got a guy with experience, three conference final appearances, one Stanley Cup final appearance, and you know the some. There's also talk about him burning bridges with players and all, but after time away from the game, maybe even though he's been coaching a little bit there's an opportunity for him to kind of reset and maybe take a time to evaluate how he might've spoken to players, treated players and get a fresh start here in the sunshine state. I totally agree. And, you know, I was thinking the same thing that you said at the top It's he's not the sexy choice because, you know, with Barry Trotz being available, that's who I think most everybody wanted. Would he have been the right actual choice for the Panthers. He's a defensive-minded coach in theory. And, you know, you're going to bring in a defensive-minded coach to coach a very offensive-minded team. Would that have been a good mix? I mean, who the heck knows? So he's not coming here. We didn't want Pete DeBoer. I think unanimously we kind of figured that mm-hmm. one out. Uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, went to Vegas, mm-hmm. right? DeBoer is in Dallas. Tortorella went to Philadelphia. There's no discussion on Q coming back. So everybody wanted a coach with experience because apparently Andrew Burnett didn't show or showed his lack of experience in the playoffs and his inability to make changes and not having an answer to a very unsuccessful uh, power play, which was probably the nail in the coffin for, uh, for him. And then the Panthers go out and get a coach with experience and typical social media can't stand it. Thinks it's the wrong move. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been coaching for 24 years and, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, that maybe he lost the room or you said something to that effect. Well, he's coached Carolina on two separate occasions. He coached Toronto for two years and he was with Winnipeg for about eight plus when you're around a team or only those many teams uh, in such a sh- long tenure, you're going to lose the room. Your voice is going to, you know, not resonate anymore. And I think he did the noble thing when he resigned. You know, I wouldn't call it quitting. If anybody watched his uh, resignation that was back in December, uh, I think you'd see a lot of what kind of person he is. And you can go look it up on YouTube. It's there. It's 22 minutes long. And I thought he was honest. He was upfront. He knew his players needed more. He didn't have it to give them. He got them as far as he could go. And it was time for somebody else. And that's fine. Yeah, and like and like I said yesterday, time away from the game is help could help someone uh get their head straight. And let's also talk about some of his international um career as well. He was able he was he coached the 2014 double IHF World Championship uh team for Team Canada. And it was also uh, part of Team Europe for the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. So he's a well-regarded coach around around NHL circles as well. And when when you're when a GM 
and Winnipeg does have that reputation overall of being patient with their head coaches and their uh, GMs as well. Uh, I mean, regardless of what we think of Kevin Sheveldayoff, they've been loyal to him as, as well. And as well as getting a second stint in Carolina as well, there, yeah. there, there seems to show that there could be some, some trust there. That a second stint somewhere just doesn't happen for no reason, and no. the, and the guy has been described as a player's coach as well. And let's, and let's, let's actually, I actually did a little bit of research on what, and and I did this as full seasons in Winnipeg of, of, of him and where the Winnipeg Jets ranked there during the during the twenty from twenty fifteen to twenty twenty one the. The Jets had the best record, um, ninth best record in the NHL, ninth best power play. Their penalty deco wasn't the best; it was twenty fourth, uh, sixth in sixth in goals for, fifteenth in in goals against. So the defensive part of the game wasn't was wasn't the best part of uh, of uh, of his time during Winnipeg. But also the 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 offense. Later on, especially when Connor Hellebuck won the Vesna Trophy, that's when the offense started to slow down. And also the core for Winnipeg also kind of plateaued in, um, towards the end of their towards the end of their time um, t- time of that marriage of Paul Maurice and the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, the 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 core isn't getting any 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 younger. I mean, the Patrick Lane was run out of town there. Blake Wheeler's not getting any older as well. We could re- try to relate that into into coaching as well uh, of of losing of losing the locker room like we talked about earlier. But again, a fresh start and the fact that this is a younger team with a younger core, it gives. I think that it really gives Paul Maurice a, an opportunity, and this is this couldn't be more of a win now now move for this Panthers team. Oh, I absolutely agree, and you know. Something else that I think maybe people are overlooking, um, and I forget exactly when Maurice took over in Winnipeg, but wasn't it 2012, 2013-ish? 2014. In there? Four, 14? Okay. So they're in the Central Division. Blackhawks, Nashville, St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota. Those are not slumpy teams. Those teams you know, all are very difficult to play against. And I was looking at his record in one of the years, I forget exactly, you know, specifically what it was, but I was surprised that they were fifth. And I think they had won 42 games. I mean, you win 42 games and you're fifth in your division. That says a lot about the division that you're playing in. I don't have that stat exactly in front of me, but, uh, you know, he's proven he can win in the regular season. I think this is the best roster that he's had with all of his teams. And let's not forget, he was in Toronto for two years um, as well. That was a short-lived situation. But this is the best roster he has. And he is a player's coach. He's also no-nonsense. He pays attention to details and specifics. And this is now up to the players to respond. Mm-hmm. And and here's another one for you. In 2018, they were three points short of the President's Trophy, losing um, losing it only to Nashville. Um, and so that 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 just that that doesn't happen for no reason when it comes to when it comes to 
when it comes to Paul Maurice and the Winnipeg Jets during that time. And of course, they they made it to the conference final against against the Vegas Golden Knights, eventually losing. And I had an opportunity to speak with Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. And one criticism that there is of Paul Maurice is just how he manages ice time between his top players and how he adjusts when it comes to injuries as well. And of course, um, but of course, with the the Panthers, the 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 lineup that they have up and down. Of course, there's still UFAs to be signed and some RFAs to qualify offers. I don't I don't think it'll be the same situation. I. I I don't. I, I'm not sure whether it's going to be the same situation where you're going to see Barkov uh, or Huberto uh, skating a, a minute and a half more than their average ice time. Uh, I should hope not. I mean, obviously, you know, if we're going to get into a cap discussion, uh, the Panthers have some work to do. Yes, they need to unload a contract or two, and they need to make room for some players. So the depth could be questioned um going into next season but you've got a core of players huberto barkov um ekblad on defense you got those three guys right there bobrovsky if he stays i mean that's going to be a hard contract to move i know that you know we've all seen the talk about trying to move him but you've got the core players there the window is like the next year to three years tops Mm -hmm. and you know they're looking at paul maurice to get the guy and again it's not the sexy pick and I'm sure that Zito did his due diligence, had conversations with a number of different people. And you can say maybe we didn't want to pay Trotz the money. Maybe Trotz wanted more control than Zito was willing to give. There's that too. We don't know. We're just a bunch of people sitting on the sidelines here. <laughs> some of us got what we want. Some of us didn't get what we want. Well, let's just kind of see what happens here. But, you know, for everybody that says that he's not a winner, he hasn't won a Stanley Cup, what's change sports for a second armando what do you think about dan marino you think he was a good quarterback i think i didn't watch him play uh i was too young but i've seen his highlights and he's one the he's the best quarterback to never win a super bowl so there you go doesn't mean he sucks because he didn't win a super bowl right so Mm -hmm. we have to let this play out and yeah it's another coach it's another system although i don't think brunette changed the system that quenville had in place I think that would have been kind of rocking the boat a little bit. So he just kind of took over and let things go. But he definitely showed in the playoffs that he was outcoached. And this is not a learning on the job scenario. We're not a, you know, I don't want to say we're not an up and coming team, but we're, we're at the point where everybody is at their peak and we have to take advantage of that peak right now. Mm. And of course, Paul Maurice has probably learned a little bit of lessons too, because in their second round series against Montreal, uh, just a few years ago, where they got swept by them, uh, just like how the Panthers this year against the Lightning in their sweep, they were able to play defense, but they just couldn't score goals. And that happened for the uh, Winnipeg Jets during that. So of course, there's opportunities for lessons to be learned here. And, and like you said, it's not learning on the job for for Paul Maurice. This is no nonsense. It's we it's it's we believe in this group we believe in our core players there's a, there's a reason why zito trade all that all all the draft capital that they have even though the ben Sherratt one is not looking the best right now but of course i asked this question when was the last time a when was the last time a gm batted a thousand when it comes to his moves it's a it, at this point it's about how you respond from the from the not i don't want to call them mistakes but the lessons learned 
from from the the past trade deadline because other than the Sharat move, the only one I could really name that Zito might have maybe not had the best move was signing Vinny, Vinny Hinestroza. Other than that, I can't really name a move that Bill Zito has done wrong. And let's not pin this all on Vinny on Vinny on on Bill Zito. What about the players? Mm-hmm. I mean that second round sweep against Tampa. Yes, Brunette was out coached, but weren't we outplayed as well? I agree. And um and Tampa Tampa took all the shooting lanes. And look let's talk about just the three goal scorers in that series. Um Anthony Duclair, Etulus Thorenin, and Sam Reinhart. Those yeah. are the only players that's where none of them happen to be the core of the Panthers. So where, where was everybody else? Yes, correct. And it they there's there's a saying saying that players win games and coaches lose games. Four game sweep kind of proved that for the Panthers. Yeah, so exactly. So we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to discuss more about what could be next for Andrew Burnett as far as the Florida Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about the bar. And from the people who invented healthy and tasty, it comes from the latest gift in your taste buds when it comes to the coconut brownie chunk puff. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, and guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puff treatment. That's right, coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are ready here for a limited time. Go to Built.com to make sure that you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with calorie protein, which your body absorbs more effectively and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part is Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, and you can enjoy them guilt-free. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Thursday, June 23rd. I'm Armando Velez. I got former host of Locked On Panthers here, Frank Ricas here. And Frank, so this move was a, this wasn't good enough for what Andrew Burnett did. But I want to give a public congratulations to Andrew Burnett on the season that he had, regardless of whether he got the job or not. Now this guy is in a class where he's going to get his opportunity one day. You switched sports in the last segment talking about Dan Marino. I'm going to switch sports again for another analogy. Dan Campbell for the Miami Dolphins was the interim head coach for the for the Dolphins in 2015. Didn't get the job. It was eventually given to Adam Gase. And then Dan Campbell a few years later got his opportunity to become a head coach. Now is the head coach of the Detroit Lions. So now there's an opportunity, whether Andrew Brunette stays here in Florida as a as top assistant coach and a possibility to be interviewed elsewhere, or he could very well say, I want this opportunity right now to become a head coach. And GMs around the league are looking at that because a president's trophy, once again, for this team is nothing to sniff at. And he made the best out of a very terrible situation. Yeah, he really walked into a situation that was, you know, out of – out of left field, you know, we don't have to rehash what happened. Uh, I don't think that that's necessary, but um, he came in, he kept the team together. 
He kept them going. And obviously, they won the president's trophy. So definite kudos to him. Um, he did a great job during the regular season. But you can't rest your laurels on the regular season. He was a victim, I guess I'll say, of circumstances of what happened in the playoffs. And the circumstances were everybody points to the lack of success on the power play and the lack of making any adjustments because he wasn't sure, didn't know what to do. Whatever the reason was, I don't know. He'll get another opportunity. It's probably not going to be with a team that's ready to go to the playoffs. Actually, there's been talk that people want him to be interviewed by the Blackhawks. Who knows? Maybe that's a possibility because they're in rebuild mode and he's obviously now has a little bit of experience, uh, you know, coaching a team uh, by himself. But maybe he wants a front office position. We don't really know. Does he stay with the Panthers? That might be kind of tough. I think he owes it to himself to put himself out there and see if there's any other coaching opportunities that he wants and he can explore those and maybe keep the Panthers, you know, on hold, so to speak, if he does have a front office, you know, chance with them. But, you know, he owes himself the chance to think about what he wants to do. He's a young guy. He'll get another chance somewhere, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, he'll be back coaching someday. And I don't mean this to insult Andrew Burnett. When, when I say this, Bill Zito, when it comes to hiring a head coach, doesn't owe Andrew Burnett anything. Right. As far as him personally, he owes it to the organization, to the players, and not necessarily to the fans. He doesn't owe us anything. It's it's focused on the players and what he thinks he's going to bring, what who he thinks is going to bring the best out of them. And I liked Andrew Burnett's maturity a little bit after the season on saying that he thinks he should have trusted his gut more versus paying attention to the outside noise comparing to that. But here's the thing I'm going to rehash a little bit when it comes to Andrew Burnett and how his inexperience showed, even sometimes during his press conference. I spoke a little bit about the when Andrew Burnett admitted that the Panthers looked a little nervous even in the Washington series despite them winning it. But there's a thing when you kind of admit that publicly. Uh, I mean, if you could be nervous all you want. I just don't think that I would have gone to the route of saying that publicly because if the opposing team hears it, the opposing coach hears it, that brings a different type of confidence factor and the fact that other teams know that they can get in your head. Yeah. And not only did he say it, but some of the players said it. And, you know, we're not that young of a team. We're not a bunch of 22-year-olds. We've got some players that have been playing for, what, seven, eight, nine years that have been part of the core. They've been to the playoffs more than one time, some of them more than two or three times. And these guys are still nervous. You know, maybe they felt the pressure of trying to get out of the first round. And when they won that game against Washington to actually clinch the series, I had a feeling in my stomach as I'm looking at the celebration, I'm like, that's it. They're, this is as far as they're going to go. They were so happy. They were so ecstatic. It's like they let the air out of themselves. And I said, this, this next series is going to be a huge challenge. And it turned out to be a mountain that they couldn't climb. Mm, because everybody and their mother knew that even though they won that series, they didn't even look their best winning. Um, the, right. They out-talented the, the Washington Capitals there. They, they, they had the better goalie in the series. But part of me wanted to believe one keyword wanted to believe that their struggles in round one were not going to carry over to round two. 
and of course people can people can speculate all they want of what they did the night after game three going into game four as well but the the effort the effort was there in in game four for the panthers it's just about being able to execute and just really i i asked this question i've been asking this question internally frank that we've seen an 82 game sample size of what this team was last year getting to the president's trophy and dealing with their road struggles early and then eventually break um, breaking their franchise record for road wins i mean for franchise records for many things but and then seeing this 10 game sample size in the playoffs which is more heightened better teams i i i i keep asking myself who are the real florida panthers because they went into the playoffs and they they we a lot of the speculate and not the speculation the worries about this team was that their defense was going to be the issue and that they can outscore all their their problems but it, it took a complete 180 so i keep asking myself who are the real panthers when it comes to this that's a great question i mean it, they kind of pardon the pun skated right through the regular season had a phenomenal regular season but the regular season as we are seeing and if you've been watching hockey long enough is totally different from the playoffs and you can have a team that's well built for the regular season but when it comes time to play in the postseason it's a different animal and you could be the eighth seed and you could do some serious damage you need a hot goalie you need a player or two that gets hot and all of a sudden your trajectory changes i mean i've seen a lot of president's trophy teams get knocked out in the first round I've seen a lot of President's Trophy teams never get uh, past the second round. But a lot of times when you win the President's Trophy and this happens to you, the next year you actually come back with a little bit of an edge. You're a little bit pissed off. And maybe that's what the Panthers needed to kind of teach them a little bit of a lesson. And maybe now they have something to be hungrier for. So we're going to find out what kind of team they are. They don't have to win the president's trophy next year. I no. actually, I don't want them to. Should they win the division? Okay, that's fine. But they don't have to be the best team in the NHL during the regular season. We want them to be the best team at the end of the season. Yep, and we're seeing playoffs. Yes, that too for sure. And we're seeing it with Colorado uh, now with with how they got to the Stanley Cup final with only two losses and the LA Kings uh, making it as an ace seed in. 2012 not having home ice advantage in any of the series that they had Jonathan quick going, um, just being outstanding in that and the that, that that's what that's what it's going to take it's about a core um, a core that believes and and a and a and a hot goalie uh, when, when it comes to that and even though even though Colorado is there's still questions at goalie at goalie they're they're they can outscore a lot of their problems but it's uh it's a little bit uh questionable right now when it comes to them facing the tampa bay lightning so also when it comes to let's go back to andrew burnett a little bit um i know you're a follower of the chicago blackhawks you mentioned the the blackhawks earlier as far as their head coaching search there was a report by kevin weeks that was apparently incorrect that he but he did give himself an opportunity to correct himself uh, when it comes to the head coaching search for the Blackhawks, uh, what what do you think about uh, what do you think about Andrew Burnett possibly uh, if if he were to be hired as the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks right now, what what is what is what are the first few words that is coming out that is going through the mind of Frank Rikus? 
I'm going to talk with Kyle Davidson and I'm going to plead and beg him to not trade Alex to I'm going to make sure that he does whatever he can to keep Patrick Kane. And I'm going to make sure he does whatever he can, as long as he's healthy, to keep Jonathan Taves. You get rid of those three guys, no one is coming to a game. No one's mm. going to watch that franchise. And me as a coach, why do I want to be here if we're going to field a bunch of AHLers? It doesn't have to be that way. People are talking about a rebuild. Oh, it's going to take five years. It's going to take seven years. Why does it have to take that long? It doesn't. Mm. So if I'm a guy like Andrew Burnett and I want a second chance, this is what I'm looking for. I know you can't promise me, but if, if these three things can happen, then I'm going to consider taking that job. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an original 16. Who doesn't want to coach an original 16? Mm -hmm. And, um, and they, they're talking about like what a deal could be worth for Alex to break it somewhere in the eight, $9 million uh, range. And Hey, uh, Kane and Tay's contracts are very close to expiring, and Kane can still score with the bet with the best of them. And of yeah, course, right. the the injury issues for uh, Jonathan Tay's uh, those are still a big, very big question mark when it when it comes to that. So, like we said earlier, he'll he'll get his chance again. And and I and you know I'm I every time I see uh all, people who have been part of the Florida Panthers organization, I'm always cheering them on. Even though Owen Tippett's not in the organization anymore, I'm cheering for him. I'm cheering for Chris Drieger, even though he will miss seven to eight months with his uh, ACL tear. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be cheering on Andrew Burnett. And he, seeing how he's grown as a person emotionally, I'm sure that it has definitely helped him grow as a person off the ice. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, he's, he, he, got a, he has a fan in me, no matter where he goes. Absolutely. I mean, I think any coach learns from an experience like this. It wasn't like he was a total flop, you know? I mean, who knows? The, the team could have went totally the other way uh, when he took over. I mean, that was, again, a surprise situation, an mm -hmm. uncomfortable situation for the organization, you know, bad, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. And he stepped in and he kept it all together and, you know, they cruised and, you know, you can't say, well, anybody could have done that with that roster. I don't believe that that's true. I really don't. So you got to give him credit for keeping the train on the tracks and keeping it moving the way it did. Mm -hmm. That that That's for sure. And um, once again, we're hoping that Andrew Burnett uh, definitely gets an opportunity again. And we're going to transition over to the third and final segment of the show where we're going to be talking about the Stanley Cup final. Uh, right now we are recording during game four, but we both have it. We both have it on while while chatting about the, the Stanley Cup final. So we're going to discuss that next in the third segment here on Locked On Panthers. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Thursday, June 23rd edition of the show. I'm Armando Velez. I got Frank Ricas here and Frank. Uh, right now we are recording uh, during the game game four of the Stanley Cup final. It's about two two under three minutes left of the of the second period, and Colorado came up a little flat in uh, in game four a, a little bit. Uh, they controlled the offensive zone time, but uh, they weren't they weren't getting all the shots on goal necessary. And I was, and I tweeted this out: Tampa is doing that thing again where they're getting into shooting lanes, and and Florida Panthers fans are very familiar with it, and. This is a this is a series where Nazem Kadri is back. Andre Borakowski is not playing once again for the Avs. No Braden Point for the for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but 
the Avs, they uh, they came out firing in the second period, getting a goal by Nathan McKinnon. It's funny because the broadcast actually said this, uh, that the last time that the Tampa Bay Lightning gave up an even strength goal at home was in round one against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, wow. Yeah. What what a stat there for uh, for uh, for Tampa Bay. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the series is going to go seven games. Mm hmm. I just kind of have that feeling. I mean, uh, Tampa's leading right now two games to one or two to one in this game. Colorado is leading the series. Um, the only concern I have for Colorado is goaltending. Yes. That's my biggest concern. And, yeah, you can score your way out of trouble, but this is Tampa and it's Andre Vasilevsky. So um, I think it's going to go seven. I guess because I'd like to see Colorado win. Fortunately, Game Seven will be in Colorado, so that might give them some sort of advantage. But uh, you know, it's it looks to be a very good series, and I think that's what we want. We want to see good hockey. We want to see as much of it as we can, and you know, we're seeing it here. Yeah, and uh, just as just as you were talking, Anthony Sorelli is uh, headed to the locker room. Uh, not, um, looks like he was grabbing his uh, rib cage as he was skating off the ice. And Tampa Bay, just in this last two games, they look like the more hobbled team based on their injuries. Uh, Kucherov went out for a little bit. Corey Perry was on the ice, having a hard time getting up in uh, Game Three as well. So, and and the thing is with with this series so far. I mean, of course, the the Stanley Cup final is not one on aggregate. It's it's one on actual games one. So even though even though Colorado won game two by a final score of seven to nothing, it's still only one loss in the loss column for Tampa Bay, and the the home team still hasn't lost. So that that crowd in Colorado singing all the small things together by Blink One Eighty Two is yeah. just it's just been incredible. I I I hope it's funny because. Even though the Florida Panthers uh, changed their goal song, um, are are in the on about to change their goal song, I, I think that if there if you see the Florida Panthers get get further into the postseason, I I, I just wonder what kind of sing along song the the Panthers kind of would have uh, together, like what Colorado has, because that's just amazing just to watch on TV. I can only imagine in person. It is. I hope it's not the Macarena, but anyway, that's. <laughs> Because that would be so Miami, right? Yes, I agree. I, I'd roll my eyes big time, even though I'm Hispanic. I, 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 too many family parties that I've seen yeah. that song played I, in. I, I would exit the arena as fast as possible if that happened. Mm. And the 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 whole talk about the Stanley Cup final through three games is Nathan McKinnon uh, not getting uh, not getting uh, involved. Uh, in in really in the scoring, but hey, the the one goal that he uh, did score in this one. Sometimes, sometimes you just need one in order to right. get your confidence going, and that was a that was a goal that was right off the skate. Yeah. And just like how, I mean, superstars, um, so superstars show up in big time games. Big time players make big time plays during big time games, and yeah. we saw that through the first three rounds of Nathan McKinnon. And we've had our criticisms of Barkoff and Huberdo. and of course, like like we said, the 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 goal came off his skate. But hey. If if they're if the Avs are gonna win this series, they're gonna need Nathan McKinnon to score more than what he what he did uh just during this game four. Absolutely. I mean your stars gotta rise up to the top. I mean, they're a loaded team offensively. You know, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, 
It's good that uh, Nazem Kadri is back. So they have the firepower. It's just a question of can they contain Tampa? And, you know, I, I don't want to say all fingers point to goaltending, but, you know, they gave one up early. I think it was, what, 30, 35 seconds into the game. That's not mm -hmm. a great way to start out, you know, and uh, at least for Colorado. So they've got to overcome that. They've been outshot pretty heavily uh, so far in this game. We'll see what the third period brings there in the second intermission right now as we are recording this live. Yeah, and um, and Landeskog has been getting on the scoreboard. He got two goals in, in one of the games as well, So um, and both of them on the power play uh, in, the, in the last game. So definitely the captain is showing through. Of course, not their best player, but definitely showing the leadership. And, of course, Kel McCarr, Norse Trophy winner, got beat quite a few times in this series. That he. It hasn't been his best series, even though they're leading for some odd reason. But hey, uh, even if they go go down in this one, it's still tied two two, and you still have an opportunity to uh, to win win at home. And right. uh, Victor had been got the other other goal of to to make it two one. Ali got the other one. So it's the it, it, outside of the outside of Stamkos point Kucherov for the for the. Lightning, Hedman, uh, a North Nor Trophy finalist, and then of course Sorelli, who's definitely a big core piece, um, a big role player to me uh, right. for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's what, what you need in the playoffs. I mean, and also Colorado, their power play is getting get, is getting going. They they have six power play goals in this series to four games, and to think of seeing where the Florida Panthers were, just it, it just it's just crazy the embarrassment of riches that this Colorado Avalanche team has. Yeah, especially when you see them. Yeah, for sure. It, you want to clench your no, fist I a little bit when you see how I mean, well they. You know, if 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 Tampa wins, it's now it's now a best of three, so anything can happen. Uh, you know, at that point. I, absolutely, and uh, we we are in the second intermission right now. Now, as we're recording this, I think it's. The this is a perfect time to wrap this up so that we can, by the time this drops, you guys will know the result of game four between the, uh, game five will be Friday. Uh, Nick Fairbanks and I will be recording uh, a show the day before uh, game five in Colorado. So uh, make sure to check out tomorrow's episode. We'll be discussing more and what, uh, and of course the Florida Panthers will be holding a 10 a.m. news conference tomorrow at FLA Live Arena where Bill Zito and Maurice will be speaking. So we'll be talking about that more on tomorrow on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But Frank, I want to thank you so much for joining this episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you online. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Armando. It's always good to be on the show. And you can find me on Twitter at Frank Rikas. Pretty simple. Uh, I'm there and then I disappear and then I come back. So, you know, I'm around. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Sometimes that might be best because uh, as far as getting away a little bit for your mental health. So uh, honestly, kudos to that. So <laughs> I need a little vacation every now and then. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I give you a lot of credit. You're, you're welcome back on the show anytime. And thank, thank you, you so much as always for joining. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks everybody for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the Crosscheck NHL show and the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast where they'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. 
Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen today. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown NHL. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Vlis with Frank Rikas. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.